Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Golden Knights. Jack Eichel makes his Las Vegas debut as the VGK scoring drought continues. Remember when this team was averaging three goals a game? Shut out now in back-to-back contest after last night's 2-0 loss to the Colorado Avalanche. Hi again, everyone. I'm Tony Cardasco. Follow us at Lockdown VGK or me at Tony Dasco on Twitter. You can hear me every Saturday morning from 8 to 10 a.m. on 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, which is also heard on the Odyssey app. Thanks for making Lockdown Golden Knights your first listen. It's free and available on all platforms. The Jack Eichel error got underway on Wednesday night at T-Mobile Arena. There was a lot of hype, as we know, a lot of excitement around Eichel's first NHL game since last March 7th. So 11 months later, Eichel finally gets a chance and an opportunity to play. The game was on a national stage, nationally televised, and most of the hockey world was paying attention to the game on Wednesday night. The Golden Knights are still, it continues, they're still going through the goal-scoring drought. They could have used some of Eichel's offense, the old Jack Eichel, and the VGK now has been shut out in back-to-back games. It's the first time ever in franchise history. Last week at Calgary, 6 to nothing, and on Wednesday night to the Avalanche, 2 to zip. I really did want to see how the Golden Knights responded after that 6 nothing loss after being shut out in Calgary last week. And they came back and they laid another egg. And to me, that's concerning. It really is because they're not scoring any goals right now. To me, it doesn't appear as though the Golden Knights have that same offensive intensity that they had earlier in this season, and I'm just really concerned about that loss and now back-to-back losses where the Golden Knights have not scored a goal. Let's talk about Jack Eichel and how I feel that he graded out in his return to the rink. I thought, again, if I were to give him a letter grade, that Jack Eichel graded out probably at a C, a C grade. You know, you really can't fault him for not being his old, efficient, and explosive self. Following that neck surgery, the inactivity for 11 months, the recovery. But I felt as though Jack Eichel held his own for the most part. He didn't skate as freely as I thought he would. He looked a little bit confused at times, perhaps overthinking things on the ice. It's going to be a while before he gets in sync, and that's my conclusion. Again, I give him a C grade. I noticed that Pete DeBoer, I don't know if you caught this or not, but it appeared as though Eichel was given an extended break on the bench in the first period. And a couple of times, a couple of times we saw Eichel communicating, talking to Max Pacioretty, or perhaps, uh, you know, wanted to find out where he needed to be positioned, where he needed to be aligned on the ice, especially in the offensive zone. On the night, Eichel played 15 minutes and 53 seconds, and he had one shot on goal, but you could notice a certain kind of difference when he was on the ice. Eichel is a very skilled player, but I think he fits in just fine with the VGK. You've heard me say this so many times, this is a team that's more finesse than physical. Yeah, they got a little bit dirty in last night's game, but this is a very finesse sort of a team, a soft team, if you will. Uh, But Eichel came out. He played himself pretty physical in the grand scheme of things. 
He had that hit on Miko Rantanen in the first minute of the game. He was just mixing it up a little bit. There was an interference call on Jack Eichel when he hit Tyson Jost some seven and a half minutes into the contest. Yeah, that's when Eichel tried to chase down Jost and he made contact with him. But it was nice that Eichel was able to hit and he also took hits. He said he had fun on the ice. Eichel also got that high stick up on Gabriel Landeskog. He was sent to the box for that penalty in the second period. So he had a total of four penalty minutes. And I think a lot of the times he was just trying to get into the groove, trying to be part of the mix. Some said that they saw some tentativeness in Jack Eichel's game. I did not. I just felt that he got into the flow of the game. He didn't have his rhythm. And what can you expect 11 months after this injury? But I thought that he was able to get in there, get a little bit dirty. He was checking, he was hitting, and he got hit as well. Eichel was on the ice when Gabe Landeskog scored that goal on the power play for Colorado. Uh, He was uh, minus one and plus minus. I thought that Eichel was responsible for the giveaway when Kale McCarr fed the puck to Landeskog cross ice and then he put the puck past Nolan Patrick and it was a good game 40 minutes it was a nothing nothing tie and then early in the third period that's when the Colorado Avalanche really stepped up their game and that's when they scored their first goal uh, early on on the Landeskog goal and then they add another goal later on. Uh, Eichel also did a pretty good job winning faceoffs for VGK so that's a facet of the game that they definitely need. He had a nice pass to Max Pacioretty, who then passed it along to Evgeny Dodonov on a breakout. But Darcy Kemper came up with the pad save, and that might be one of the things that we saw last night that gives us a lot of hope about Jack Eichel because we know that he can pass the puck. And the expectations, the expectations were so high for Eichel coming into the game. The fans especially thought that Eichel would have a very big night, some of the media members as well. And Eichel said that you could feel the energy in the building at T-Mobile Arena in the first period. He said that he fed off of it. He said that it energized him. And he did. He came out, you know, just guns a-blazing. But you have to watch your minutes with Eichel, I think. And I thought that they managed it very well. And as I said, he had that spurt uh, where he came out early. He made some hits. He was checked. And then Pete DeBoer said, let's just bring him back a little bit, rein him in, put him on the bench. And then we saw Eichel come back out. And yeah, you play 16 minutes. I think that's pretty good for someone who has not played NHL action in 11 months. I I believe that Eichel will be more comfortable in his next game. They play the Kings on Friday at the Fortress. And you have to wonder if his neck is sore on Thursday morning, whether there will be any tightness that he's experiencing. Once he was on the ice, he was really a good part, an integral part of the checking game, for checking, and again, two contact plays on penalties. Eichel was matched up against the Avs' top line. Boy, what a way to come back. You know, he said it was great to be back. He said it was great to play. He said he had a ton of fun. He said himself that it was something to build on. He said that it's a process, and he said that he feels that he will get better, and he will. Pete DeBoer said, 11 months off, here's a guy that just jumps in, worked hard. It's the middle of the season, and DeBoer said it was a big ask against one of the best teams in the league. It was a big ask. DeBoer said that he saw flashes of what Eichel will be. And Eichel made some good passes as well, as we discussed. You have to finish those plays, though, if you're VGK. 
Eichel is going to be dropping dimes, and the team has to catch up to the puck, and they have to be ready for those passes. Like Pacioretty, who is now scoreless in his last 11 games, DeBoer said that it was a great first step for Jack Eichel. For real, he is just going to improve as he gets more and more repetitions. I did not expect a superstar performance with all eyes on him. I was uh, just happy that he was able to come out there and play the way he did. I like that he was able to take the contact and also to give back some contact as well. T-Mobile Arena would have exploded last night if Evgeny Dodonov could have finished up that play off the pass from Pacioretty from Eichel. And, you know, it's it's going to take some time for them to get some rhythm. I think we're going to see some more line changes as we go along, and they're going to try to find a place that most fits the style of Jack Eichel. you got to finish those plays. Coming up next, last night's game got physical at times. We'll talk about it when we return right here on Lockdown Golden Knights. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Welcome back. I'm Tony Cardasco, and thanks again for making Lockdown Golden Knights your first listen every day. Now make sure to check out Olympic Hockey Daily, presented by Lockdown NHL, a bonus podcast covering all the action in Beijing. And you could find it only on Lockdown NHL on the podcast feed. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast. Everyone is still talking today about the hit by Nathan McKinnon on Nolan Patrick. Did McKinnon really know in a split second's time that he had hit Nolan Patrick, who has that history of head injuries? So it's about three minutes into the game. And McKinnon and Patrick were skating after the puck. McKinnon sort of goes inside of Patrick. And he hit an off-balance Patrick with his shoulder. And the shoulder landed on Patrick's head. And then he pushed him off with a finishing touch. It looked like it might have been an elbow and then a push. And he just knocked down Patrick. They were both going after the puck. And to be quite honest here, I watched the replay dozens of times And to me, it just does not appear as though Nathan McKinnon intentionally hit Patrick. I mean, they were skating, and they're going into the Avalanche's offensive zone. They're just going after the puck, I thought, initially. The replay showed to me that there was no intent to hurt Patrick. And again, it wasn't like the Avs were headhunting Patrick, who just a couple of seasons ago missed an entire season with the head injuries, uh, with the migraines. He's had concussions in the past. And from there, it really did force DeBoer to make a lot of line changes. DeBoer said after the game that it wasn't good for Patrick with his history, and he said that he hopes that he's okay. DeBoer said that he hopes that Nolan Patrick can return to the ice pretty soon. A very scary situation for VGK. But again, just watching this, was it a positioning thing? Was it a hard check? I thought that Nathan McKinnon was going after the puck. He just sort of caught Nolan Patrick with the shoulder. It landed right in the head, on the head, I should say, of Nolan Patrick. And then, of course, Patrick got knocked out of the game in the first period, never came back. Yeah, it was a physical game last night. 
Remember Pete DeBoer upon the return from the Serenity at Lake Louise for the VGK retreat, telling his team when they got back into Vegas that they needed to play more physical. The Golden Knights were out hit for another game, but they did have some quality hits. Uh, the Avs won in that category 31-15 to on hits, but again, VGK had some quality hits in the contest. Braden McNabb was credited with just one hit, but I thought he did a pretty good job. I thought he had more. McNabb with a solid hit on Rantanen as he crossed center ice on that one pop. But McNabb also had five block shots. Nick Haig had six. So the defensemen, I know that they were talking about it on the TNT broadcast, that the defensemen were getting back. They were stopping the puck in the defensive end, and they were checking. And especially late in the game, I thought that they played pretty well. But uh, there was another hit that also stood out, and that was William Carrier with a big hit on Gabe Landeskog, and it happened at the end of the second period. However, VGK could not build on the momentum of that hit in the third period. And on that hit, Carrier just lifted Landeskog up against the glass on a very hard check, and it was a pretty good game for hitting, but again, the Golden Knights just are getting out hit. They did play more physically at times in the contest last night. It was a game in which the Golden Knights played a good, a solid 40 minutes, and then in the third period, we saw the Colorado Avalanche strike twice, and for VGK, they just need to get scoring again. They need to be more physical. Keegan Colasar will probably be back in the lineup on Friday night against the Kings. There's going to be a lot more open ice. VGK needs to capitalize. I think it's more conducive to Jack Eichel's game as well. They've got to score some goals. They just have to get going offensively. And due to Nolan Patrick's injury on Wednesday night, the Golden Knights and Pete DeBoer had to make a lot more moves with his lines again, once again. And they did move Jonathan Marchessault down to the second line from the third, and he was back with his misfit buddies. But I think that uh, we're going to see, we definitely have to see Marchessault getting some playing time with Jack Eichel. I think that those two on the same line uh, could be pretty good for VGK, maybe move the Donoff down to the second line. We'll see what happens with Pete DeBoer and what he does with the lineup for VGK. Coming up next, we will talk about VGK's goaltending situation. More on the way after this. You are listening to Locked On Golden Knights. Thanks for making Locked On Golden Knights your first listen every day. It is free and available on all platforms. Welcome back. I'm Tony Cardasco. With Robin Leonard out, what is VGK going to do about its goaltending situation? Laurent Brassois, pretty good game on Wednesday night, 23 saves. He gave up those two third-period goals on hard avalanche shots. We don't know officially what the injury to Leonard is. Frank Saravelli reported that it is a torn labrum, and that could put Leonard out for the season, or at least for an extended period of time. Pete DeBoer said that Leonard will be back sooner than later. I don't know quite what that means or when that means officially, Uh, but the oft-injured Leonard could be missing some time. Is he a candidate for the long-term IR? I don't know. Nobody knows. With the trade deadline looming and coming up next month, what does VGK do? Do they need to find a solid rental for this campaign to close it out for the late push? And again, I still do not believe that Leonard wins the franchise its first Stanley Cup, let alone Laurent Brassois. Those are not, to me, Stanley Cup caliber goaltenders. And I'm just being honest here. From the jump, I said that I wasn't sure if Leonard would be a good day-to-day goalie, that they needed a solid number two. I just didn't feel, and I still don't feel, that he is durable enough. So we have the Cerevelli rumors linking Marc-Andre Fleury back to VGK. 
Those rumors were quickly rebuffed by GM Kelly McCrimmon, which in hockey circles probably means that there are ongoing conversations and they're trying to mend fences with Flurry and his camp. We don't know. I personally feel that Flurry himself would not come back, wouldn't come back to Las Vegas for any amount of money. To me, Saravelli is a reputable writer, and I don't believe that he would make up that story. I just don't. For now, there are two games coming up on Friday against the Kings here in Las Vegas, and then there's Sunday's game against the rival San Jose Sharks. It appears as though we will see Logan Thompson in the cage for at least one of those two games. So I would probably play Brossois on Friday against the Kings, a team that is still in contention, and then start Thompson for his second NHL start on Sunday against the somewhat fading and rival Sharks. For the future, VGK might be able to trade with the Rangers for Alex Georgiev or for the Islanders, Semyon Verlamov. This could be a long-term injury, let's face it. If it's a torn labrum injury, then you can rest assured that we will see Robin Leonard on LTIR. VGK has refuted Frank Saravelli's story about the severity of Leonard's injury. To me, I just think that Saravelli is a reputable writer, a reporter. The Golden Knights might have to trade for the solid goalie. They might have to get someone who could get some good starts down the stretch. As for Flurry, I still think he's going to, for some reason, I think he could wind up in New York. We've got a good one-two punch with Flurry and Shesterkin. That would be pretty good for the Rangers, and that would help them in their quest for the Cup. On another note, the Golden Knights put center Adam Brooks on waivers this week, and on Wednesday, he was claimed by the Toronto Maple Leafs. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we're going to be previewing the Golden Knights versus the Kings. Hopefully, we will have injury updates as well for you. Thanks for making Locked On Golden Knights your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you again tomorrow right here on Locked On Golden Knights.